Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley, and if you want to catch up on the latest in amateur and Olympic wrestling, there's only one podcast to listen to. Subscribe to Bashamania, the Bashamania podcast, and have a nice day. Yeah. I know, I know, it's been longer than usual in between episodes, but we are back, and this is episode 78 of the Bashmania podcast. And after taking off a couple of weeks as a busy summer winds down, who better to get back on track with than having Thomas Gilman back on the podcast? If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bashmania. And if you enjoy this episode, so be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And we are back. Thomas Gilman, back on the podcast. How are you, man? Doing well. How are you? I'm great. You know, it's funny. The last time you came on here was April, right when you announced that you were leaving Iowa, heading to State College to train with the Inline Wrestling Club. And now here, five months have passed, and so much has changed, so much is going on. And it's funny because I guess the first thing we'll talk about is you moving to Pennsylvania. I noticed you posted one PA Homestead update on Instagram, and I haven't seen a second. <laughs> Last I saw, the the rope was going up into the tree. Yeah, so th- there's been a lot going on uh, here at the Homestead, I guess, but just busy, busy. So there'll be more updates to come. Yeah, my, my social media is kind of hit and miss. Sometimes I'm on it, sometimes <laughs> I'm not, so... That's how it's got to be, though. It's authentic. And I want to talk about that in a minute. But how has it been moving out to Pennsylvania? It's been awesome, man. It's been it's been great. It's everything that we're looking for. Um, It was kind of a crazy time, you know, with COVID and everything going on. We, you know, essentially loaded up a 26 foot U-Haul and with all our belongings and headed halfway across the country and started looking for a house where we're living at my in-laws and found a place and I'm finally getting settled in and making a home. And it's been good though. People here are good to us. Do you have the chickens? We have the chickens. We yeah. just got them up here last week. Really? Well, I thought yeah. you had them up sooner for some reason. So we brought them with us from Iowa, but they're, uh, I had a little A-frame chicken coop that had been moving around down at yep. Melissa's parents' house. And they've been down there for a little bit until I got this place settled up and, so they, there's like a little playhouse here that I turned it into a chicken coop and I put a little fence around us. <laughs> now they're up here. They're all happy. They're free ranging again. Yeah, giving you eggs. And if they stop giving you eggs, they're going to go on the Traeger. <laughs> That's right. I don't know if they'd be good meat, but a cycle of life. So, you know, the main reason you moved out to PA was the NOWC. How has that been? It's been awesome. 
it's been great just being able to you know train with these guys and got obviously great coaches some of the best coaches in the world and best training partners in the world it's great to have that camaraderie you know every day i'm in there it's just it's like i i actually look forward to going to practice you know there's a while there where you know i was like well we'll make it through the cycle and through the olympics and win the olympics and then call the wrap but you know it's kind of having a renaissance here in my my wrestling career it's just that's awesome days off i just can't wait to get back in that room what do you think is it that makes it so exciting to want to go to practice it's a change or the people or what uh, both. I think, it, I mean, I think change is always good. Change keeps things fresh and exciting. That's, that's definitely part of it. But I think the people make it too. you know, yeah. people, um, you know, you're around world champions and Olympic gold medals. You know, I had some of that there to Iowa, but here, you know, I'm, I'm with guys that are on the same wavelength. We, we want to do big, big things. We're going to do great things. You know, and when you've got guys in the trenches that are actually, um, it's just different. Yep. You know, just being able to push each other. And and uh, I'm not the only one that wants to be an Olympic gold medalist. You know, all of us do. Yeah. You know, there in Iowa, I was the one guy that wanted to be an Olympic gold medalist. Everyone's just there, just kind of hanging out, collecting a paycheck. So here it's, it's not about the money. It's not it's not yeah. about any of that. It's about being the best in the world. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting, too, because we kind of talked about that offline after the last podcast where just watching the reactions and the wrestling community, especially on Twitter, has such a diverse reaction to everything. And it's like, oh, man, they had to be paying them so well. And it's like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. This is, if you think this is at all about money, you don't know Thomas Gilman. You don't know the sport of wrestling. Like, you're like stuck in a 10-year-ago mentality or something. Yeah, I mean, if it was about the money, I you know, I'd probably get out of the sport because I mean, right. we're we're, st- we're starting to get more of that where it's become a little more professional with these one-off matches, and and you're able to make more money now than ever before. But you know, if you sure. want to really make money, you're gonna. I mean, there's a lot of other things I could do to make money, and um, you know, have a lot less stress in my life. Right, for sure. For sure. Um, definitely not about the money. And what do you think some of the biggest differences between the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and Nittany Line Wrestling Club? You know, you kind of, with wrestling, everything's so mixed in. If you're talking about a, an RTC, you kind of mix in the college program, and that has a lot of influence. But strictly kind of talking the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Nittany Line Wrestling Club, what would you say some of the biggest differences you've seen are? Um, I think, just to be very blunt, it's, it's just... Um, about being a winner here yeah you know i think at the um at the hawkeye wrestling club is more of a maybe a jobs program and um kind of keeping guys around just because maybe they're good workout partners and they're good for the college guys but i don't you know later on and as i got you know deeper in the club i just didn't really feel like it was about winning olympic gold medals and world gold medals anymore it was more about the college program and that's fine you know it's not None of my business, but you know, I'm not, I'm not a college coach. I'm not a college wrestler anymore. I don't really give two craps about the college program, right. other than I want to make them better by them get, making me better. You know, it's sure. a two-way street. And in Iowa, I felt like it was just a one-way street. I was just trying to help them. You know, what, what were they giving back to me? Um, yeah. And here, it's a two-way street. We haven't been able to work out with the college guys too much, but um, you know, the better I get, the better college guys are going to get. And you already, know? even with a limited interaction, I mean, I just had. Uh, Roman on the podcast and he was talking about how exciting it is having you there and the impact you're already having even without really being able to get to 
kind of back to that normal of where you're interacting with those guys so much as you normally would throughout a season. Have you started to feel that? I know when we talked back in April on here, you talked about the excitement to start kind of mentoring guys and, and, and being that guy other guys in the room could look up to. Have you started to feel that yet? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially guys like like Roman, you know, I've, I've gotten to get my hands on him a couple of times and being around him a little bit. And he's a great kid. You know, he just wants to, you know, obviously improve himself, but he wants to improve everyone around him. You know, yeah. you look at his Twitter and you just around him a little bit. You talk to him. He's a very positive guy and he, yeah. he wants to uplift everyone around him. And uh, just being able to, you know, you know, help mentor him just a little bit, you know, leading up to that match with Mueller. And then afterwards, you know, I kind of got on him a little bit. You know, saying, hey, you know, maybe instead of dancing around out there like you did at, <laughs> at the end, maybe go out there and get off the mat. You know, just really put a statement out there. You know, you yeah. get that guy just a little bit of hope. Yep. You know, his coach is going to go back and say, hey, you, well, you score one more point. You, you have one point on him. If you stay in there, you might be able to get him next time. Yep. But if you, you know, blank him 10, 11 to 0, instead of dancing around out there, you know, you, you really put a statement on this guy. And, and he was very receptive. You know, he was like, oh, yeah. And yeah, he seems like that. He, um, he, he, we kind of, it's a good match me and him because he gives me what I need and I give him what he needs. You know, like I need to be patient. I need to be able to get my hands on guys that are very elusive. And when I get to his leg, he's scrambly and <laughs> yep. I can see anything. He's going to, he's going to fight every position. And then he needs to be able to stand in there, hand fight and, and, uh, you know, a little more fundamental in, in that sense. So it's just a, a clash of styles, but that's what we both need. Have you guys done an actual six-minute go yet? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we probably have, you know, multiple yep. six-minute goes, but... Um, I want to watch that. I need to get back to that room soon, if nothing else, just to watch that match. That seems like a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Every, every, every match up here is fun. You know, it's just because it's just about wrestling and, and scoring points, and, and it kind of gets cliche, and, and people... You know, even I was making fun of it, you know, when I was on the other side of the fence, but it's just about having fun, you know, because if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? You know, if you're waking up in the morning, you're dreading workout or yep. dreading, you know, your job, then you probably should switch your job up. So, um, and speaking of having fun there, I'm assuming you've been acclimated to the dodgeball. <laughs> actually, not so much. Really? Oh, so, there's a little bit of it in the beginning, but, um, yeah, workouts are at 10, so... Ah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense, the timing. Yeah. I'm sure that'll pick back up. And so speaking of, you know, being at the NLWC, you do have that one-off match we just kind of alluded to, and it's your first time wrestling in the NLWC singlet. Talk to me about what went into this match. I heard through the grapevine a little bit you wanted Michich initially. You got Darian Cruz. What went mm -hmm. into that match coming about? Uh, so, I mean, obviously Flo's been doing whatever Flo's doing, yep. trying to get those matches and they've been reaching out to a lot of people and, and, uh, you know, I think the coaches here, coach Casey and Cody and Kale, they're like, Hey, why don't we just do something here? We got a big following and yeah. we got all the best guys in the nation here. So let's just bring everybody here and we think we can get a following and coach Kale, you know, put a lot of effort into setting this up. So thanks to him and, you know, me and. Snyder and Bo and all of us, you know, we're just like, yeah, let's wrestle. I mean, yep. it's, it's just about getting a match in. And uh, there are a couple of people that, that we're trying to get get lined up. You know, obviously, like the, the bigger the matchup, the more money we're going to bring in. You know, it's yep. kind of one of those things. And and so the matchup everyone wants to see, right, is Gilman Lee. Yep. 
And so they shot that one down real quick. <laughs> yeah. They don't, I don't want to wrestle Gilman here in Pennsylvania. And so then we went after Michich and Michich said, no, who, well, I don't know why. It's just, it's just a wrestling match. Who cares? Right. So then, you know, Kale brought up Cruz and I said, yeah, sure. I mean, if you'll wrestle, let's do it. You know, yeah. cool him. You know, finally, someone that wants to wrestle. Everyone talks about wrestling. Everyone's like, oh, I want to I get know. back. I know. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, they're like, oh, well, I don't know. And, and well, are you, I just don't get it. You know, if, if you're, if you're about, if you're about wrestling and you're putting that on Twitter, then just go wrestle. You know, don't be running your mouth on Twitter about how you want to wrestle. And then you, you don't step on the mat and compete like, like you say you want to. So, yeah, it's always interesting to see the different perspectives and to hear it. You know, there are people that will only wrestle for X amount of money, and I guess to each their own, you know, whatever your prerogative is. But I definitely respect the heck out of all the guys and girls that are going out there and just wrestling and saying, hey, I want to get a match in. Hey, if I can make some money, great. There's so many ways in this sport to make money, you know, and we were, I kind of alluded that I wanted to talk to you about the professionalism side of the sport. And I guess that's a great segue. You know, for the last couple of months, you're seeing it a lot where you're seeing a lot of people kind of bickering and fighting about opportunities and money. And, you know, as a guy in marketing, I look at it and I'm not an elite wrestler, so I don't know the other side of it. But, you know, I look at it from a marketing perspective and say, if you put the time in, things happen. And you're a perfect example of that. You just got on social media six months, a year ago, whatever it was, and already opportunities are coming through because you have solid people around you, myself, Adam Fellers, people that are kind of guiding you in the right direction, and already it's paying off. Like, we built you a nice professional website, boom, Verizon comes and says, we want you to be a part of something. You know, and and that takes building a foundation, whether it's brand, whether it's people around you, it takes building that up, and, and so many opportunities can come to you. And, you know, I'm curious how that kind of came about where I know Verizon reached out. I saw the the commercial and, and the content they created. I thought it was cool. And, of course, the wrestling reactions are always mixed. Like some people go, you know, I've never seen that before. That's kind of goofy. Other people are like, wow, if the sport can start getting some of this, that's awesome. What went through your mind initially when Verizon reached out and said we want to do something with you? Well, initially, yeah, they, they kind of contacted me through the website and got a hold of Fellers. Yep. And Fellers got a hold of me and said, hey, pick up your phone here. You know, Verizon's be calling you to do a commercial. And I was like, you're full of crap. You know, <laughs> Verizon wants me to go do a commercial. You know, maybe Jordan Burroughs or something like that, but not me. And I go, oh, no, no. So I picked up my phone and like, hey, you want to come to New Jersey? We'll pay X amount of dollars and you do this. For, you know, it's essentially an eight hour thing. You know, we just yep. do a couple of shoots and call it good. I'm like, yeah, I'm free that day. You know, <laughs> right. like, someone throws out a chunk of money and, you know, it's like, all right, let's do it. You know, I'm going to get paid just for you to freaking videotape me lifting a fake barbell. All right, let's do it. <laughs> you know, and people were talking all kinds of smack, like, oh, it's cheesy. It's this, it's that. You're not even a weightlifter. What are you doing? Get back to training. It's like, first of all, I am training. Right. You know, second off, you know, how many Verizon commercials have you done? Right. You know, how many companies are contacting you to do commercials for them that are, that are big companies like this? And, you know, I think it's just good exposure for the sport of wrestling because how many people, you know, I remember going through the, the Twitter feed and there's so many, you know, there's so many notifications on there because it's hooked up to Verizon and, yeah. and all these other big name Olympic athletes. And, and people are saying, 
you know, I don't even know who Thomas Gilman is. And they probably yeah. don't even know what wrestling is either. But then they start going down that rabbit hole looking into who I am, right. yep. my credentials, where I'm at in the sport of wrestling. All of a sudden, you know, maybe we hooked a few fans that way. Yep. You know, so I think it's just good exposure, you know, not only for myself, but the sport of wrestling and, and everything I'm connected to. It also, even if it was the smallest paying gig ever, it still shows other brands what you're capable of. And that only helps the Thomas Gilman brand. Not only the exposure of a company like Verizon tweeting about you and and putting out content, but it also shows other brands. I I deal with a lot of wrestlers who they want this kind of gig. They want that kind of gig. How do I get that? We got to, number one, if they're not knocking on your door, show what you can do. Why aren't you talking about things you love? That's how brands are going to contact you. If they see you're grilling every single day, Traeger is more likely to reach out and say, hey, we'd love to send you a Traeger so all that grill content's going on. You know, you're tagging us. And I think to show people your professionalism and to show your credibility, other brands, you elevated yourself by doing that. People are going to say, Thomas Gilman's a professional. Look what he just did. And I think if people especially within the wrestling community, focus on that holistic approach of professionalism, whether it's website, whether it's content, whether whatever it may be that people are more comfortable with. And I think you're starting to see it now at an even younger age. And it's definitely, you know, as a coach, uh, you got to kind of hope your athletes don't get too distracted by it. But I think you're a good example of someone who is maintaining professionalism and reaping the benefits of it and not getting distracted. Yeah, there, there's a couple of good points there. I mean, first off, you you don't want to get distracted, right? Yep. The goal is the the goal is the goal to be the best in the world and be a world Olympic champion, and nothing's going to sideline, you know, guys like me from that. That's why you got to surround yourself like with good people like yourself and fellows yep. that can kind of guide you and give you advice and and take over when when is needed, or even have an an amazing fiance that can can take over when when needed too. Yep. You know, so it's not you know, always, you know, a full-time job in that way. But another thing is people, you know, they talk about growing wrestling, growing wrestling, growing wrestling. Well, then they talk smack on people that are trying to grow the sport, maybe outside of the the norm. Yeah. You know, how, how, how do you want to grow wrestling? Oh, you want to keep the wrestling in colleges and, and this and that. Okay, yeah, that's part of it. But let's think bigger. Let's think outside the box. How are we going to keep wrestling forever, not just in the next five years? Right. You think you know, building the professionalism, these one-off matches, the websites, the, you know, the Verizon gigs, stuff like that, just bringing more attention to the sport because it's a very humble sport and, and we don't really draw a lot of attention to ourselves, which is, you know, good to a certain extent, but also that's maybe a negative too. So if we want to grow the sport, we need to, you know, kind of fluff our feathers a little bit and show everyone what's up. And I think that's what the MMA world has shown is is truth right like mma wasn't nearly as big as it is now until all these personalities come in you you have people like ronda rousey and conor mcgregor and john jones and brock lesnar and all these bigger than life personalities that come out and whether it's crap talking whether it's just being active it it opens new people's eyes it opens the casual fans eyes and you know there is negatives but there's negatives with anything you could say hey you know, training could be a negative. You might get injured. Creating content and being professional is no different. And I'm curious too, you know, you mentioned the negativity. No matter what you do, there's always negativity. It's wild. You cannot please everybody. And I'm learning that recently, which is you can do right by someone for years 
and then they have a different <clears throat> vision in their head of, of your perspective or whatever. I'm curious. I love hitting this point over and over on this podcast. How do you deal with that negativity? When you do something with a company like Verizon and you see people like, oh, this is kind of goofy, you know it's wrong. But even still, so many people let it affect them. How do you not let the negativity affect you? Whether it's something with Verizon, whether it's something where you know we're dealing with this stupid cancel culture, we're dealing with everything where if you don't agree with me, you're the worst person alive. And I'm curious, your perspective on drowning out all that extra noise and just staying focused. I just I just don't even deal with it. I mean, there's enough things going on in my head and in my little life here that are that are negative can be negative that I just don't even listen to anybody outside of my little circle here. Yep. You know, um, everyone's going to have an opinion, you know, and if you let that ruin your day, then maybe you need to reevaluate, you know, where you stand and what you're worrying about. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't mean, I mean, I address the negatives, you know, I, I don't, I'm not in a fantasy world thinking, Oh, well, everyone thinks I'm great. Whatever. I know people maybe hate me more than love me or, you know, disagree with what I'm doing more than not, but I don't pay any attention. I know what I'm doing. I'm principled and, and, you know, my morals and I run things, you know, by myself and by my fiance. And, and if, if it's right there, then it's right. I'm going to do whatever I think is right. So I mean, I don't even worry about it. Obviously you gotta be sensitive to a certain extent in this culture. Everyone's sensitive and you gotta be careful what you say to people, but yeah. I, mean, I don't even pay any attention to negative people. Everyone's going to try to be negative. And something my mom always said was, you know, people are picking on you and being negative because they want to be you. They're just jealous of you. And I think that's more true than ever. You know, you see yeah. people that, you know, are doing great things or maybe I'm doing great things. And all of a sudden your so-called friends are now your, you know, now they're talking crap on you behind your back. Why is right. that? They're just jealous They because they had the opportunity to be great or be where I'm at or where whoever's at. Yeah. But they didn't take the opportunity. They'd rather you know, go out or go on vacation or whatever instead of training. And they're just jealous. So they're going to talk smack because that's all they can do. Yeah. And there's so much of it. It's so important now more than ever. I forgot who I was, maybe Mike Machiavello when he was on here a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, you know, we were talking about the importance of having that strong foundation. And for everybody, it looks different. You know, for me, it's, it's my wife, it's God, it's keeping things at the center. It's my inner circle of people I go to and say, what do you think here? Am I kind of in, in line and check? I think it's it's more important than ever to have that foundation and make sure that guiding star is pointing the right way. Otherwise, you get lost. You all of a sudden get caught up in, you know, whether it's a social justice issue, whether it's something at work, whatever it might be. People are just getting caught up in something because it's popular. And people are watching where you stand. And are you doing this just because you're virtue signaling? Or are you doing this because it's near and dear to your heart? What's the issue why you're doing this? And if you don't know what you stand for, which is what it sounds like you absolutely do, it's a dangerous position to be in because you're only going to please those around you by doing that for so long. And then after that, you look like a phony and now nobody likes you. Right. Yeah. Something you said that's really important is having that foundation. You know, that, that solid foundation is, is key. I mean, we can't just do whatever's trendy on Twitter, you know. Yep. All of a sudden, this is trending. That's what I'm going to do. Well, what's that? That doesn't mean anything to me. That doesn't mean. I mean, yep. maybe it makes you look good on on the social media and whatever, but can't do what's trendy. Do what's right, you know. And everyone knows what's right, but um, the hard part is doing it. So I think that's the that's the big key there, for sure. And going back to this match with Cruz, you got coming up. How excited are you to finally get another match? And when was the last time you wrestled a match? 
I'm real excited. I'm real excited, especially, you know, I, I've been working on a few things and, and I feel like I'm getting a lot better and uh, just kind of, it's like a little trial run, you know, I'm yeah. a, you know, that my new coach is in my corner and, and kind of just feel it out, you know, feel it out one time before the open. And then as the year goes on that, that relationship, yeah, relationship's going to continue to build, but I'm really excited just to get on the mat and put on the singlet and have a ref and, um, the last time I wrestled was Pan Ams, and it was kind of an interesting situation because that was the very last tournament. Yeah. Out of, out of anything, I mean, yeah. it was literally like we wrestled, they closed the and border, everything, and, <laughs> and everything shut down. Yeah. And you know that that's an interesting story too because I was actually up there with Zane, and and, uh, and David, and and the whole time we weren't sure if we were even going to make it to Canada because we were in New York at uh, Lake Placid, which yeah. I saw you were up there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're like, well, they're going to shut down the border. No, they're not. They're going to shut it down. All of a sudden, Trump, you know, came on TV and he didn't sound so confident in this this virus and he's going to shut it down. So we actually left a day early because we weren't sure if we're going to get across the border. We got over there and they're like, or they going to cancel the tournament. They weren't sure what was going to go on. And then, the, you know, the Greco tournament went, the women's tournament went. And like, all right, we're, screw it, we're going. You know, we, we wrestled and we got home and then everything got freaking shut down. So. That was the last time I wrestled and and uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's been been too long, I think, but what can you do? What's your expectation for yourself for the match? You know, I, these last couple of events, the one on Flow, the UFC Fight Pass, the um the Fight TV one, I've noticed that there's different levels where you have some guys that look awesome, other guys that they've kind of said like, "Ah, you know, the quarantine and it's been difficult to train. I'm not where I'm at. Where do you feel you're at? And like, what's your expectation for yourself? I feel like I'm the best I've ever been. Uh, and I'm always going to say that. And I always feel that way yep. because I don't think that quarantine has anything to do with your wrestling performance. I think your mindset and controlling what, what you can control is, um, is key. I mean, just cause there's quarantine, you can't leave your house or whatever. You know, I remember having a conversation with Zane. He's like, we, you know, we could be stuck in our basements and we'll still be world champions, mm-hmm. you know, Olympic champions. And I believe that that's true because, you know, we're, we're going to do the right things and we're going to do everything that we can to to be the best we can be. It doesn't matter if we're stuck at home or we can practice or whatever. People want to make all these excuses just because they weren't doing the right things. They saw, oh, quarantine trials are canceled. Everything's canceled. I'm going to go sit here and drink beer and and live it up <laughs> call it that you know for, yeah. for six months you know i don't uh, that's not where i'm at i'm i'm excited i'm i got some things that i've been working on that i want to try i just want to go out there and score a lot of points and and it's not like it's not even about winning anymore it's not about competing it's about dominating yeah you know it's just going out there and scoring a lot of points and and i don't think that i really have gotten to my my peak yet i think I've, I've been able to win I'm, i started to figure out how to win again there's a little time period there after i got hurt where i kind of lost my mojo and i forgot yep. forgot how to win so i figured out how to win again and now it's time to figure out how to really dominate how to really put points on the board how to really get the guy's legs and score on top and and just just give the fans what they want give them a show you know i'm a warrior i'm a gladiator i'm going to give them what they want 
Yeah, for sure. And, and for those listening who maybe don't know, the Nittany Line Wrestling Club is hosting a freestyle event where a lot of the NLWC guys are going to be wrestling, a lot of Cliff Keen Wrestling Club and other guys and girls. Um, it's going to be on Rockfin. You can go to rockfin.com slash NLWC to subscribe. It's the only way you can watch it is going to be on the Nittany Line Wrestling Club's Rockfin because I've been getting a lot of texts about that. And if you want to see it, I posted all the matchups on Instagram and everywhere else a couple days ago, so you can go look there. But So the other thing, last thing here before I let you go, you know, everything's still kind of up in the air with schedules, right? Like USA Wrestling announced the Senior Nationals Tournament in October – Aside from that, which I think is like a couple days around your wedding, because you're getting married next month, right? Yeah, so that's actually a funny little story, too, because um, I'm pretty good friends with Josh Schomberger, who kind of runs everything there in Coralville. And he's like, hey, man, I, I got some bad news. Like, the U.S. Open is going to be on your wedding day or on your <laughs> wedding weekend. I was like, oh, man, like, I don't, I don't know if you have any pull here, but maybe the week before, you know, that'd be great. <laughs> And I don't know if he, I like to think he had some poll and maybe made it the week before, but uh, maybe just, we got the dates mixed up, but it's, it's the weekend before. So it's going to be perfect timing. So I got Russell. So you'll be in Iowa, you'll be back in Iowa for a couple of weeks, win the U.S. Open and then, and then get married and and celebrate our marriage and back here to Pennsylvania. I love it, man. It's exciting times. I'm definitely glad to hear that you're for sure competing there too. I, you know, I saw the registration opened up, and I'm going to start keeping an eye out. I hope a lot of people show up to that tournament. I have a feeling a lot of people are itching to compete, and I and I have a feeling it's going to be a big event. Yeah, I, I anticipate big brackets. I mean, it's kind of it's going to be like any other year, U.S. Open. You get a lot of guys that come out of the woodworks and and just throwing their hat in the ring and and we're going to see where people are at. We're going to see yeah. what who, who's real serious, who's you know going to make a run for um you know for second, third and fourth place at the trials this year and and then um who kind of just runs their mouth and just hasn't been doing anything. <laughs> right. So uh, you know, as far as everything being up in the air, I mean there's that's nothing anybody can control. Yeah. You know, you just got to stay prepared and and when your name's drawn and your name's called, you got to be ready to go to war. Like a true professional, man. That's what we keep talking about. We keep going back to that theme of a lot of people, especially within wrestling, that they want that lifestyle of being called a professional. You got to act like one, whether it's competition, whether it's brand, whether it's opportunity, whether it's responsibility, whatever it is, you, you got to act like a professional. You're not, you know, at the senior level, you're not a college kid anymore. You don't have people holding your hand all day. You're not in school. You don't have homework. Like it's time to be an adult and, and it's time to be professional and live up to your responsibilities and, and expectations. And, you know, again, not to keep touting your horn, but I, I'm seeing it with you from a brand standpoint. Scrap life post, shots led post, Verizon content, like you're you're being loyal to your brands. And there's a lot of people in wrestling that want to just kind of do stuff when it's convenient or when they feel like it. You can't do that. People talk. It's a small sport. If you're not professional about something and if you're not great to work with, that word travels fast and you're going to cost yourself a lot of opportunities. Yeah, that's very true. I got one one point to hit on. Yep. There might not be any book homework, but there's homework to be done, be done, you know, as a professional wrestler. Yeah. There is. Yeah. So, Young guys out there, be doing your film study, be doing your homework. Yeah, film study on your opponents, but 
on, on guys you look up to. Maybe it's Kale Sanderson. Maybe it's Satiev. Maybe it's, yeah. you know, diet. You know, watch those guys that you that you like to like to watch and, wrestle and study them. And that's how so many stories that I've heard, people like Yanni, that can pronounce every Russian name out there because they've been watching them all day, studying it, saying, I want to be able to replicate that, and watching four, five, six, seven, eight hours in a row of footage, finding anything you can. And it's never been more easy wrestling content and matches have never been more accessible you want to see a match you can likely go on the internet and find it really quick there's no excuses right i mean youtube's great you can find anything on there yeah awesome man well that's all i got for you for today i'm, I'm sure we'll we'll talk again soon anything else you got for me that's all i got thanks man i really appreciate you having me on again awesome thanks for coming back on i'm sure it won't be the last time 100 <laughs> percent Awesome. See ya, man. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.